Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Running on Scuffs. I am your host, Justin Seeger, uh, joined as always by a lovely panel of guests. And uh, we just got done with a wonderful weekend of dirt racing. Uh, some people some people love it, some people hate it, but <clears throat> we're, we're here to talk about it. And uh, we want everybody to have your comments ready. Uh, because we're ready to talk NASCAR. Let's go ahead and get started with some introductions, starting first with our, our our original resident Florida man, Mr. Dan Foster. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm good. It's a little rainy and chilly in Florida. It kind of caught me off guard this morning when I went outside to go to work, but um, spent a couple hours in the rain helping my mom with some projects at her house. Uh, just got home from helping coach my, niece and, my nieces in some volleyball. So now it's time to start talking racing, guys. I mean, we had a great weekend at Bristol. Uh, and we got Martinsville coming up this weekend. So two short tracks back to back. I'm here for it. Yeah, we're, we're ready for some short track action. Ryan, he says, what's up guys. It was a great truck race and a miserable cup race. <laughs> that's I can't imagine why he would be saying that. Um, <sighs> but nonetheless, uh, Dan, I, I want to ask you about, about the volleyball. Do you have to know how to play volleyball to coach it? Or can you just kind of fake your way through it? I mean, it helps. It helps uh, me and my sister both. We, uh, we played volleyball quite a bit from middle school on up. Um, and my nieces are now in middle school and they're wanting to play. Uh, so me and her and some of her friends are, are helping them uh, learn the, the basics. And then we actually have them signed up for uh, a volleyball league at the YMCA here locally. So uh, we'll see how the season goes and maybe they want to continue. Maybe they don't. Okay, so I'm going to scratch off potential volleyball coach as a career option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, our purveyor of DAF stats, Mr. Mike Daphner, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty darn good. I uh, just had a busy day at work, came home, went and got my ears lowered, and now I'm ready for uh, ready to talk some NASCAR. I will say, as far as uh, Ryan's comment goes, miserable cup race. Where else are you going to see somebody do a 360, not once, but twice, spin completely, not touch a thing, keep going, and we stay green. That was amazing. And then someone, I forget who else did it other than McDowell, but someone else did it, like, shortly after him. I'm just yeah. saying that's an early favorite for, for move, of the, move of the season right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, just we're doing a spin on the front stretch and we're still early in the on. season, but everybody be remembering your your potential scuffy nominees. That that's uh that's something we're gonna be looking forward to. Uh our producer Zach, uh he's we didn't get to see another Hendrick win, uh, but he he's still happy nonetheless. I, I like to think. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. It's a good weekend of racing, you know. I love the Bristol Dirt race, unlike some people. I think it's one of the best races of the season. So I, I had a good weekend watching that. That is a hot take, sir. I mean, saying hot take. I'm, I mean, saying you like the Bristol Dirt Race—that's one. But saying that, saying that it's one of the best races of the season—that is. I don't know. I just like to see stuff that's a little bit different, you know, a little unique. Pay attention to uh, to Zach Williams. Uh, pay attention to his uh, Twitter handle. Uh, oh, yeah, you guys can blowing me up. You, you guys can at him about that if you have anything to say about that. Uh, we have a great show for everybody tonight. We're uh, we're getting ready to talk about everything that happened at Bristol Dirt and before and uh, coming up uh, in the next week. So we're ready. Uh, as always, be sure to leave a like, uh, follow us on all of our uh, social media pages. Uh, we're hoping, I, I know you guys were uh, 
were hoping for a, for an appearance from one Zachary Bell uh, last weekend, and I told you he was coming, and he never showed up. Uh, but we're we're hoping for the same again. We're hoping he'll join us a little bit later in the show. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and get things started. Uh, check out our website. Thank you, uh, Zach, for for putting that up. <clears throat> um, let's go ahead and get into our race review segments. Uh, and we can go ahead and start with uh, we can go ahead and start with Ryan's comment here. He said, "I truly thought the racing was great yesterday. Just bummed that Logano had to hit everything but the lottery last night." Uh, that is true. That, did he, he hit the pace car. Everything. I mean, <laughs> if you didn't have look, pace sometimes, truck. Sometimes Ryan, if you don't have bad luck, you don't have any luck at all, and and that's uh, that that seemed to be true for for Logano last night. Um, he had a great run uh, Saturday, though, in the truck race, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But let's go ahead and start talking about the cup race. Um, Christopher Bell comes out as the winner for the first time this season. That is the first uh, points win for Joe Gibbs Racing this season, second for Toyota as Tyler Reddick was able to win it at Coda. Christopher Bell, he's finally we get what many consider to be a dirt guy to win a race we've had this is the third race we've had at bristol dirt uh kyle bush and joey logano picking up the first two wins respectively uh at at bristol dirt and really every time we come here we expect you know kyle larson christopher bell alex bowman chase briscoe ricky stenhouse jr those kind of guys those guys that are used to running on the dirt um in their off time those are the guys that we expect and finally, one of them gets it done, that being Christopher Bell. Uh, Dan, I want to go to you on this. Uh, what was your thoughts about about Bell's performance in the uh, in the cup race? And, and was there anyone else that uh, particularly interested you? Um, I mean, early in the race, obviously, uh, it, it looked like it was going to be an Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson. Um, one of those three is the winner. I mean, the top four or five were all running pretty close there for the first stage. Uh, and, and most of the second stage as well. Um, I I wasn't surprised by Christopher Bell winning. Um, I mean, halfway through the race, I probably would not have picked him, uh, but there was definitely some pitch strategy there uh, as far as between the, the stages to get him up front and to get him that track position. Uh, I do feel like, obviously, with the dirt race, it's going to be a little harder to pass, um, but I felt that overall it was a great race, and uh, glad to see a, a dirt track guy win it. I mean, obviously first two years everybody's kind of getting used to driving these kind of heavy cars on the uh on the dirt themselves but um overall i feel like it was a good race and uh i i, I think that you know that's this this really showed that uh a lot of the cup drivers that even the ones that don't have cup or uh, dirt experience were able to handle the track pretty well yeah it seemed to be a pretty good race uh, everybody seemed to be able to handle it pretty well obviously you know, racing on dirt is going to be a little bit abrasive, but it seemed like everybody was able to handle it for the most part. Um, let's talk about a couple of guys that weren't able to handle it. Uh, Kyle Larson, you mentioned him. He was able to handle it in the first couple of stages. But uh, afterwards, Kyle Larson had a little bit of a, a incident running into with uh, Mr. Ryan Priest. Uh, Zach Williams, you, you talked about uh, how you had both of those on your fantasy team this week, and I, I did as well. Um, so I, I want to get your thoughts on, on what happened here between Larson and Priest, and uh, whose side are you on? 
Uh, well, from what I saw, it looked kind of like Kyle Larson had accidentally hit Priest, and it wasn't intentional at all. He just kind of hurt. He he did. He hurt him late. He didn't have enough time. He hit him, but he didn't run him clear up into the fence the way Priest did. Priest was just like nonstop, like, oh, let's get him to the fence. He's coming back down. No, let's get him back into the fence again. So, I mean, that was definitely intentional, you know, and we talked about it last week. The one that retaliates is always the one that gets caught and gets in trouble. If anyone gets in trouble from this, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll we'll see uh, if there's any repercussions uh, about that. Um, even Tony Stewart, uh, Ryan Priest's own uh, own team owner, seemed to have uh, seemed to have some issues with uh, with Ryan Priest's move. But you know, it's funny we talk about it. You know, we everybody gets up in arms about moves like that on an asphalt track, but when it happens on dirt, it just kind of feels like it's part of it for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it was because it was Easter Sunday and we were all feeling a little bit more forgiving, but uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll see if there's any uh, anything. Ryan said he also had both of them in fantasy. Uh, good for Priest standing up for himself. You know, I think uh, it could just be that Ryan Priest is not used to being in that position of, of running for a win. Um, obviously, Ryan Priest has raced a few seasons in the Cup Series with JTG Doherty Racing. Uh, now he's in his first season full-time with SHR, uh, really hasn't been up at the front a whole lot. I think this was one of those times where he found himself up at the front and I think he's trying to get a little bit more out of it than he had. Uh, and I think Larson got into him. He didn't appreciate it. So he retaliated and, and got back because let's be honest. I mean, Kyle Larson, you know, <laughs> Kyle Larson is, uh, um, He's a dirt guy, but I mean, Kyle Larson's already won one race this year, and I think we're. I think it's pretty fair to say that uh, Kyle Larson is going to have multiple wins this season. I don't think anybody's in in much disagreement on that. So, uh, Ryan says Tony has some nerve being mad at Ryan for for that move. By the way, he would race guys and let his temper get the best of him. You know, sometimes you mellow out with age, Ryan. Um, I don't know if any of us have have felt that yet, Dan. Uh, I, I know you're you're the older you're the elder amongst us. Have you mellowed out any? Or, uh, I mean, it depends on the situation. Personally, uh, I, I do think that um, a lot of times when you're younger, you, you know, you, you're just you want to win, you want to win, you want to get up front, and and, and you you don't really think things through. Uh, I do think, you know, when you get a little older, you, you become a little more methodical uh, with your approach to things. And uh, I, I think that may be, you know, Tony's thing. Hey, you know what? It might not be the best move to do it. You know, you still got a race to try to win. You know, maybe later on at Martinsville or, you know, Richmond or later on in the season with, with coming back to Bristol. You know, when you're not really racing for a win, maybe. Or, you know, hey, take him out at Talladega. Who knows? I don't know. But I think that was kind of the mentality he may have had was that, you know, hey, this might not be the best time and place for this. You know, let's, let's try to get the win, you know, beat him at his own game. Here's my, here's, here's my methodical approach for that. Uh, If I wreck a guy, that's one less guy that I have to try to beat to win this thing. So, uh, you know, Kyle Larson being back in the garage, it it helps out, but. uh, All I want to say is if Dan has mellowed out, I do not, I do not want (laughs) to have seen him when he is younger. (sighs) Are there is there any photo or video proof of of evidence of you back when you were like in the teenage days, Dan? Or not that we're going to share publicly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Um, that's for scuffs after dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the Patreon channel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so all in all, it was a really good dirt. I felt like it's the best dirt race we've had on Bristol Dirt. I know some people still don't appreciate Bristol Dirt as a whole, but I think if you compare, you know, 21, 22, and 23, I think this one was, was the best. Or, or does anybody mm-hmm. disagree with that? Um, no. no. I think they haven't I, figured out or I they're e- starting to. Even the, the, the drivers were talking about how well the track was maintained and, uh, and the condition that the track was in when they started. Um, I mean, for all, all from Norm, Norm Benning in the truck series all the way up to the cup guys who were up front all night, they all said that this is the best the track's ever been prepped. Um, even with the rain um, on Friday and Saturday, I mean, you, you can't really ask for for a much better event. The track's good to go. You can run multiple lanes. I mean, it, it was overall, it was a really good event. I was impressed. Um, honestly, up until this event, I wasn't a huge fan of the of the Bristol Dirt Race, but uh, I think it kind of grew on me quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a. I think it was a really good. Uh... A, a good showing of what the Bristol dirt can be. I know some people were so against dirt totally. Uh, the future for Bristol dirt going forward is not known. Uh, we don't know what that's going to be yet. So um, we'll see. I am, <clears throat> I am happy with their decision to seal the asphalt underneath the dirt this year so that it did not retain as much moisture as it has in the years past. That was that was definitely necessary after the mud fest we watched in year one. Yeah, that was a that was a good move, and, and I think overall, I think it's one of those they've learned as they go along, and there may be some things that if we decide to continue in twenty twenty four and beyond, that they may do a little different just to try to update it even more. But I think overall, this was a relatively successful weekend of racing. Uh, and speaking of weekend. Uh, we didn't have just a cup race, uh, Ryan. We're going to get to the uh, we're going to get to the race that you want to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the the truck race, um, which was pretty much all I can say is Joey Logano dominated. Uh, Thor Sport as a whole pretty well dominated. Ty Majeski was up there. Uh, Haley Deegan did really well in her heat race uh, as Ben Rhodes. Uh, ben Rhodes, I was really impressed with him. He got into a wreck uh, about midway through the race and was still able to race his way back up to to a top 10 finish. Um, Thor Sport, I mean, what about what about them in the, in the trucks? I mean, they just seem to have the dirt locked down, and I think for, uh, for Knoxville a little bit later this year, they're going to be a huge threat. Um, Mike, what do you think of the? Did you see any of the truck race or? I was unfortunately busy with working, so I really didn't get much choice or chance to watch that. Well, if you uh, if you want a rundown of it, uh, if you look at the driver who led each and every lap, uh, I'm pretty sure the name is the same for for each lap. Uh, right. Maybe on. there might be a few laps where somebody did like a, a pit strategy, but for the most part, it was totally gone like. There was one restart where I think it was at the end of stage one where they pit and someone else didn't pit, and he literally just went three wide and in, going into turn one and just he led a hundred and thirty eight of the one hundred and fifty laps. Yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. But, 
Um, De Benedetto led eleven, and then Majeski led one. Yeah, De Benedetto. That was he was one that was on a different pit strategy. Uh, it kind of worked overall, but then they had to pit at the end of stage two, and it it kind of messed with them. But, uh, Ryan says, uh, "Great race! It was a total domination on Saturday. It really was." Joe Lagano just put a. Oh, that's what happens when you put a cup driver in a truck race. <laughs> Hey, I, I can't complain. My driver did it two years ago on the dirt, so you know I, I can't. I'd be I'd be the pot calling the kettle black at that point. It'd be so. Uh, I mean, I think overall, uh, Thorsport had had the trucks on point, all of them across the board. Uh, they really like did. Logano, he was just kind of a, a, a one-off uh, race, but um, Tommy Jeske was second. He was up front all night. Matt Crafton was in the top five. Um, even um, Haley Deacon was up in the, in the top five. Uh, I know she started up there and she ran up there for quite a bit. I think most of the first stage she was in top top, top five or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she. I think she finished sixth in the first stage. So I mean, I don't know what it is that they have, but they they had it figured out Saturday night. They did. Interesting uh, a fact about the the race. I saw the truck race. I saw this floating around on on Twitter. Uh, afterwards this was the first time since stage racing has been introduced uh across all three nascar series this was the first time that a the same three drivers finished one two three uh in those exact same spots uh in stage one stage two and stage three so uh joey logano was first uh time jesse second and william byron driving for kbm he was third uh, that was the that's an interesting stat for you there, Mike. Yeah, that was the first mm-hmm. time. That was the first time uh, across any of NASCAR's three series that that had happened. So, and I want to give a quick shout out to Caden uh, Honeycutt. He finished stage one in fourth place. Ran up front mo- all all the first stage. Uh, stage two, I think he I think he pitted after the stage, so he kind of was in the back of the pack. But he did come back and finish ninth in the top ten. Um, I know he doesn't run a lot, and that that team itself, the Ropers team, uh, they don't really run a lot. The 04 Ford, but. Uh, he had a heck of a run this weekend. Him and Jake Garcia both. Can we just mention for for you mentioned Caden Honeycutt uh, during the broadcast? Michael Waltrip uh, while they were up in the Fox booth, they actually went and talked to uh, to Caden Honeycutt over the radio, and Caden was so happy just <laughs> to have like just to have that moment. And I feel like it's it's really special because obviously you know we've had drivers like in the Cup Series, Ross Chastain. Uh, you know, having his moment, you know, oh, don't talk to me. Like, you know, obviously joking around with him, but it, you know, you have drivers like Caden Honeycutt who've like never had that, that moment before. Uh, and just to see the kind of the excitement was like, oh my gosh, they're actually talking to me, uh, during the Fox broadcast was really cool. So it's cool as a fan to see that pure adulation, uh, that pure joy that, that comes from some of the, some of the smaller things in the sport, but um, really cool. That kind of sums it up for our race review. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, about the Bristol Dirt in our debate segment a little bit later tonight. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. But we have a lot, and I'm telling you, a lot of news that we have to get to. Uh, so we're gonna be talking a lot about that. Let's uh, go ahead and get into our next segment: scuff stories. And we're going to go a little bit. We're going to try to go chronologically here if we can, because there's a lot we have to get to. 
first and foremost, uh, NASCAR team owners uh, had decided to boycott a, a meeting, a scheduled meeting with NASCAR uh, amidst revenue talks. Uh, so the NASCAR team owners uh, are displeased with the progress uh, or lack thereof with the revenue contracts coming up at the end of 2024. Uh, so the team owners decided to boycott uh, that meeting and uh, just to send a message to NASCAR and the uh, the TV uh, the TV deal package. Uh, pretty bold move by the by the team owners dan I, i've been interested all week to get your thoughts on this because I, I know you've been uh following this this revenue uh talk here so what what say you about this um i mean i, I see both sides of the, of the of the issue here honestly but um personally I, I whenever they went to the charter situation the the four uncharted starting positions in the field basically were given a very small amount of money. Um, and then when they re-upped the, uh, with the negotiations, I believe it was in 2020 or 2021, um, they basically took almost all of that money that the open cars got and is now giving that to the charter teams. Um, I, I know they're in a business to make money. NASCAR's in a business to make money. Um, but I, th I feel like overall, um, everybody's just trying to be a little bit, a little bit too greedy here. Um, I think NASCAR should be able to say, you know what, we're going to give you X amount of dollars, take it or leave it. Um, I do understand that, you know, obviously if the teams don't think it's enough, then, you know, they're, they could leave or, you know, not show up to the races, whatever. Um, but I think overall, uh, it's kind of like with, with, with uh, uh, free agency and, and the NFL and other sports, you have to have the right price to be able to get the people you want. Uh, and then, for the for the players you have to be willing to possibly negotiate a deal that you're not you know 100 happy with you know maybe maybe you gotta take a little bit of a pay cut or maybe not have so much in guaranteed money uh at the front of the contract but uh i think overall you just got to come to the table sit down talk face to face um and i think some of these open cars i mean they deserve the money too uh, especially with the fact that there are four positions every race that these cars can qualify for the Daytona 500, you, you always see them there, but that's pretty much the only races they show up for because they know if they start the Daytona 500, they're going to make good money because that, that race gives out more money. But if you go to Talladega or you go to Bristol dirt, or you go to um, California or, you know, one of the road courses up like that, you're not really going to get a whole lot. Uh, so I think overall NASCAR can sit down with the with the charter team owners, the RTA, uh, as they used to be called. I don't know if they're still going by that or not. Um, but sit down, negotiate, come up with a, a, a center center line here and say, okay, we're willing to go to this if you're willing to meet us. And I think overall that's that's what NASCAR needs to do, is what the teams need to do, and uh, come up with that happy medium for everybody. Yeah, definitely need to, to try to find a happy medium if possible. Uh, Papa Bell, he commented, said, uh, just kind of going back to our race review segment, said dirt races should be on dirt tracks, uh, not Bristol, but big congrats to uh, to his nephew, Christopher Bell, that same that same <laughs> Bell name there. Uh, we appreciate it. Continue to, to send your comments about uh, the Bristol dirt uh, race uh, and also your comments about the news that we're uh, that we're talking about here. Um yeah, I, I think the, you know, the big thing is you've got to find a middle ground. Anytime you have a business talk, you know, there's going to be 
you know, there's going to be something that this side wants. There's going to be something that that side wants. And, and you, the big, the best thing for everybody is to try to come in the middle and, uh, and just, you know, try to work out a deal that, that best fits everybody. Um, hopefully for the fans sake and for the, for the teams and, and NASCAR sake, we can get to that point before, before anything comes up. So, uh, now let's talk penalties. We've got a few. Uh, we have a few penalties and penalty-related news topics that we have to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the appeal, National Motorsports Appeals Board has upheld uh, the penalty to Colleague Racing in the Cup Series for Justin Haley. Uh, however, the points penalty uh, has been deducted from 100 points to 75 points. Uh, driver and owner. So the fine stays the same. The suspension stays the same. The playoff points remains the same, but the points were deducted by, by 25. Uh, Colleague Racing uh, did say that uh, they intend to go to the final appeals official uh, to challenge it even further. All right, so let, let's unpack this here. Hendrick Motorsports was penalized for the same thing. Uh, they were they were penalized for the for the louvers. Uh, as a matter of fact, both louvers from all four Hendrick uh, cars were taken at Phoenix. Only one louver was taken from Justin Haley's car, but Hendrick Motorsports they got all of their points back. And Justin Haley's team does not. They still have pretty much all of their penalty except for except for 25 driver and owner points. Um, <clears throat> in my opinion, and, and this is where one thing that I really wish we had a little bit more transparency from the sport, uh, from the appeals panel, because in my mind, there's no logical reason for this. Uh, for there's no logical reason for one team to, you know, to have this and another team to not. But, you know, perhaps the the defense uh, was better. Perhaps colleague didn't do as good of a job stating their case. I don't know. Uh, Zach, you're a Hendrick guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about this. What are your thoughts? Oh, uh, I like you said transparency. I just uh, I wish they would have some way to have these hearings, maybe live stream them or record them and release them afterwards or something, so we can see what happened and know exactly all the facts. And like you said, did they not present their case as well? It's like it's just like being in court, you know, a court of law for like a murder case or something. Someone could get away with it, and someone couldn't just based on what you present evidence wise and your counter arguments and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Harvick, he, he mentioned something like that, that he would advocate for them to be live-streamed uh, if possible. I think that I, I think that's a great point. We need something to, to have some sort of transparency. Uh, I know that the, the panel is not the same. It's different every time. Maybe, the, maybe one board saw it differently than another, but it does seem a little, you know, from, a, from an outsider looking in, which we as fans are, it seems unfair for for one team to you know to get all of their points penalties given back uh, as well as the playoff points and then to have another team still have to pay 
<clears throat> probably is if you were to accumulate everything, probably 90 to 95% of the penalty, they still have, you know, still have to keep. So I'm not sure, uh, not sure how that that's going to go. Um, we'll see if there's any update, uh, to when colleague goes to the final appeals official for that. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Unfortunately for colleague, it doesn't look good at the moment. Uh, Another decision was made by the uh, the appeals board. They have uh, upheld Denny Hamlin's penalty from Phoenix, where he got in with uh, he got in there with uh, Ross Chastain. That was a different penalty. That was where uh, Hamlin got into Chastain intentionally, and he admitted it later on his podcast. Um, I was honest. I don't know if I agree with that uh, that call. But, uh, you know, that was the, the move that the appeals panel felt that they needed to make. I, I think that Denny Hamlin should have just been let go on that. Uh, I also agree with Tony Stewart. He mentioned uh, after the Phoenix race that if they had a problem with it, they should have dealt with it there uh, or immediately after, uh, not waited for him to, to say something on his podcast about it. But uh, I digress. Um Moving on, uh, Zach, we're going to go back to Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, I think NASCAR is just determined to get Hendrick one way or another at this point. Uh, William Byron and Alex Bowman, uh, their cars were confiscated after the Richmond races, uh, and NASCAR has penalized both uh, Bowman and Byron for, quote, greenhouse violations. Uh, They are docked 60 driver and owner points, five playoff points, uh, a two-race suspension for the interim crew chiefs because the uh, the their regular crew chiefs have not come back from their suspensions yet, uh, and seventy-five thousand dollars fines to both teams. Um, Zach, once again, I'm going to go to a Hendrick guy. Is NASCAR just picking on Hendrick at this point, or are they just? I don't know, man. I heard them talking about it before the race on the race day and all that. And they, they asked, do you think they're picking on Hendrick or do you think Hendrick's pushing the envelope? And uh, I believe it was Clint Boyer said, yes, both. <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like the, it, when a team starts doing really well, like Hendrick's doing, and they were winning races and all top fives, they start to get looked at more than the other teams, obviously, because you want to make sure, hey, make sure there's nothing unfair advantage here. And then, like, the Louver thing, that was a little different because, like you said, Justin Haley also had his confiscated. But with this one, it's just Hendrick. I don't know what's going on with that. We'll have to see what comes out with that, if they appeal or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing, uh, one piece of news that came out uh, with all that, especially with the Louvers and everything like that, NASCAR announced that they are going to start displaying uh, the confiscated parts for the teams to see at the racetrack. So, that's something that, you know, I think will help as far as transparency goes, at least with the teams. Uh, you know, NASCAR can can post, you know, these confiscated items and, and be like, hey, this is what we took. It may not be a perfect fit uh, or a perfect fix, but I do think that it'll help at least get a little bit of transparency going. I mean, and that's something NASCAR used to do back in the day. I know uh, like the early 2000s, especially at Daytona for the 500 you have guys coming in from the offseason. All right, hey, let's try something. It's the biggest race of the year. And you go about, walk by the NASCAR hauler, you would see shocks. You'd see springs, transmissions, fuel cells, like anything and everything 
Um, go back and look at the early 2000s, especially the Daytona 500 qualifying uh, uh, broadcast. I mean, you'd see anything and everything that you could think of that was been confiscated by the NASCAR officials and just sitting out there. Everybody can walk by and say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's what Hendrick got confiscated for. Hey, that's what that's what Childress got confiscated for. Roush did this or Yates did that. I mean, and it, it, it kind of honestly levels the playing field because if it's not something you're trying, yeah, hey, well, hey, maybe we can try that. If we don't get caught, hey, it helps us out. This is something they're trying. Obviously, it helped them out. Let's let you know, let's you know, let's see what we could do with it. So I think uh, overall, it's a, it's a great move. Yeah, anything to have a little bit more transparency, I think, with with the teams and with the fans. You know, obviously, you know, we talk about it with this with them boycotting this meeting. Obviously, there's a little bit of a disconnect right now between NASCAR and the teams. Um, it may not be exactly what they're looking for, but anything you can do to get a little bit of that trust back and a, and a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more transparency, I think that's a good thing. Uh, we're not done talking about penalties just yet. Uh, a smaller penalty, uh, Nick Sanchez, Chase Purdy, and uh, the KBM number 51 truck, uh, they were docked 10 points for engine oil reservoir tanks uh, in the truck series race at Texas. Uh, both it's worth noting that both Hendrick Motorsports and uh, KBM and Rev Racing they said that they were not going to uh, they were not going to appeal those penalties. They're just they accept the what NASCAR said. Um, so those penalties will stand. They will not have appeals for those. The only thing I'm confused about on that is you made the engine oil reservoir bigger, and that's ten points. But modifying something inside of the car that doesn't really affect airflow or anything like that is just is what fifty points I think it was. It's like let's see some consistency in the penalties here. Like louvers are a hundred points, but more oil in the engine is ten. I you know it's I don't know exactly how they go through that. Uh, Bob Pockers he he did a really good job of posting the exact uh, penalties that they uh, that teams were said to have broken. Uh, speaking of of NASCAR rules though, I, I got to point this out. Uh, NASCAR apparently unhappy with with some of the way the appeals went. Uh, the uh, they have changed their their stance. The appeals panel can now only modify points penalties within the range of the points levels if fault is to be found. So in the case of uh, in the case of Hendrick Motorsports here, because I think that's the big one that this is talking to, uh, they docked Hendrick along with Justin Haley a hundred points uh, for all four drivers uh, uh, for all four. Uh, teams, uh, obviously Chase Elliott not affected by the driver's points, neither was Josh Berry, uh, but the owner's points were there. Uh, the appeals panel completely took their points penalties away. Now, uh, but NASCAR allowed them to keep the the fines and the, the suspensions uh, because they acknowledged that there was some wrongdoing there. NASCAR has now adjusted their rule in the in the rule book to make it where if the appeals panel finds that there was fault they can adjust the points penalty but it must remain within the range stated by nascar uh for uh, in in hendrick's case it was an l2 penalty so it would have had to have stayed within the range of an l2 penalty uh 
that's a bold statement by NASCAR there. Wouldn't you guys think? I imagine, and the fines will, will be the same way. You can, they cannot adjust, uh, they can only adjust the fines within that range. So that's a bold statement mm-hmm. uh, from NASCAR kind of saying, kind of taking back control of the, of the penalties. NASCAR said when they came, you know, when they adjusted these penalties back in, in 2022, uh, they got RFK racing. They got front row. They said that these penalties were going to be strict because they didn't want teams messing with these single source parts. They want to have more parity in the sport. You already get to work on your engines. We're not going to give you anything else, you know, because we want that that parity within the sport. So it really seems like they're cracking down on these penalties. Uh, Dan, I want to get your opinion on this. What what do you think about this? Is this a good move by NASCAR to try and take back control, or do you think the appeals panel should have more control? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, NASCAR, they have their rule book, and you sh- you know they should be able to uh, enforce it how they see fit. Yes, obviously, there should be an appeals panel of some sort, but I think NASCAR, because they are the ones who are basically the sanctioning body, they should be able to say what can and can't be appealed and what the appeals panel can or cannot do. So I, I 100% agree with NASCAR going back in and adding this verbiage to the rule book and saying, hey, you guys can definitely alter the penalty, but it still has to follow but or has to fall between you know point A and point B. You know, you can't just oh well, no, we're gonna take that completely away. You know, if they broke the rules, they broke the rules. Obviously, that's something that needs to be addressed. And the, the appeals panel basically saying, oh, well, you know, we're just going to give them the, the monetary fine and take the points away. Um, that didn't sit right with NASCAR, and I don't blame them because, you know, they're the ones who have the rule book and should be enforcing it. And that was kind of their feeling of the, the appeals panel kind of taking their legs out from underneath them as far as having two, two feet to stand on. And I don't really fault NASCAR for it. And I, I, I applaud them, actually, for making this decision and, and going there and, re, and refitting the words to uh to fit the way it should as far as hey you can you can alter the penalty but you can't take it away completely you, it's gotta it's gotta still fit in there if they they messed up and they broke the rules they should have to be penalized yeah yeah absolutely i think uh, that pretty well sums it up right there um you got to be able to have you know a way for nascar both both sides have to be able to the teams have to have a way to appeal but NASCAR has to have a way to, you know, say, look, we, you know, we penalized you. The appeals panel found wrongdoing, and and this is going to be your penalty for it. Um, so, definitely a, another one of those things we talk about balance. You got to have a you got to have a way to meet in the middle here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're done talking about penalties uh, as far as this week goes. We'll see if anything more comes out about that. Um, Let's get a little bit piece of uh, of happier news in before we get into something pretty serious. Uh, if you guys have seen news today, I'm sure you guys know about it. But uh, before we get into that, uh, the All-Star Race uh, at North Wilkesboro, uh, the format has been set. Uh, the All-Star Race uh, lineup will be set by 60-lap heats on Saturday. Uh, the main event will be a 200-lap race with a halfway break. Uh, so... In, in that sense, I, I think it's kind of similar to the to the clash at the Coliseum. Uh, the All-Star Open will be 100 laps. Uh, they will have a break at lap 40. 
uh, in the heat races, their lineup will be set by a pit competition, which I thought was really cool. They're going to have a pit competition. Uh, it it kind of feels like they're going back to maybe an older format. It's kind of like a, a mixture of an old slash new format for the all-star race. So I think that'll be cool. Going back to North Wilkesboro. Um, Mike, what say you? Do you think that's a that's a good format for the for the All Star race? I really liked the format when I saw it come out. I was like, okay, this this kind of gives me a little bit more of a throwback feel to how it used to be, rather than all of the various crap they've tried over the past like five six years. It was just like, no, <laughs> leave I, it alone. I really enjoy that they how they've done uh, how they're bringing back a pit competition. I think that's really cool that mm-hmm. they're they're gonna do that for. Uh, I was somewhere in like 2019, 2020, 2021, somewhere in that range. I can't remember what year it was, but they put out the rules, and I had to like stare at it for like 20 minutes straight before I understood how it worked. And I'm just like, this is too complicated. I like the fact that they're gonna count all the laps. Every lap counts. I think is what yeah. they said. Because with the uh, the Coliseum race, that was yeah that yeah. dragged on just because we, we, if if that ever happens again, like they learned whoever from made mistake, that decision at the Coliseum needs fired. Like that was bad. Yeah. So or at least I'm, I'm happy about their that. file not allowed to make decisions. You know, I I said this uh, back when when that happened at the Clash. I think that would actually I think you'd be all right with that if. Uh, we don't invite everybody to the clash. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's it's the LA Coliseum. We want you know to be inclusive, but I mean, the clash used to be for pole winners, and the All Star race used to be for for race winners, playoff contenders, and former champions. And and then obviously you had the open to to go in. I'd be okay even if you did like the clash. If you had an like the All Star race, you had an open. You know, you had the like an uh, LCQ. It kind of, yeah, kind of like the LCQ that they had, but instead of having you know these heat races, your you know your poll winners from last year are automatically qualified. And if you know if you wanted to do maybe past champions or something just for the hype of LA, uh, but other than that, you have an open and you have two or three cars make it from the open, and and that'd be it. You probably wouldn't have any more than fifteen cars uh, out there, and I think at the LA Coliseum and I'm getting off track here, but if I think at the LA Coliseum, if you had 15 cars, you wouldn't have the wreck fest that you had. Uh, Cause I mean, there were 27 cars in that main event. So at a, I, you just gave me an idea. Well, so I'm, here, I'm, I'm all about inspiring ideas. So, so here we go. All-star race. You got all of those categories, winners, previous all-star races, winners of, within the last year. Or so yeah, all of that. For the and then you got the open, which is everybody else one per one or two people I forget which it is get their chance to race their way in. Let's do the exact reverse for the clash. Anybody who's not eligible for the all star race is automatically in, and then all the marquee drivers have one open to race their way in and compete against all of the bottom, the rat, all of the best of the rest. Can you imagine Zach Williams when? Uh, can you imagine Zach Williams when JJ Yaley is in the uh, is in the clash and Chase Elliott is not? Like, yeah, like yeah, no. that would be amazing yep. to me because I I'd like to see some of these smaller team 
and smaller name guys actually have a chance yeah to like show what they can do when you don't have the big the big 16 out there just running the entire show the entire race dan you'll uh, you'll appreciate this uh remembering this you remember back in in 2008 when uh furniture row racing got their first uh pole award with uh front row joe and then in 2009 they were like the only car out there in the class that was like so far off pace with everybody you had like jimmy johnson tony stewart jeff gordon all these big names and then you had furniture row race <laughs> hey I, i'm a i'm a front row joe guy i've always been a fan he's he's the, uh, a fellow florida man uh, but yeah, I mean, that was the thing about the clash though. Like it didn't matter, uh, what team you were on. I remember, I remember back in the day, um, Jeff Bodine, Jeffrey Bodine, I think is what he changed his name to after his, uh, wreck in 2001. But, um, he came back and, and ran like the 64 car for Larry Gunzelman in the clash. And I mean, he didn't have a snowball's chance, but you know what? He was out there. Um, as long as he could stay on the lead lap, if there was a wreck at the end, he had a, he had a shot. But I mean, and that's what I like about the clashes. It's not just your top drivers every year. It was, you know, hey, if you want to pull, or if it was something where uh, um, you could have like, uh, a, well, back in the day they had second round qualifying, so they had the the actual Bush Clash qualifier. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if it, it was some smaller teams that ran in the in the, in the big All Star race before the as a season kickoff preseason thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would be a much better solution than having 36 cars out there on a little teeny tiny track. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, be sure to comment down below your thoughts on that. Um, but nonetheless, we're, we're happy to have the all-star race uh, lineup set. And I think I'm glad that uh, it's going back to kind of an old school format with a, with a modern, modern twist. I like it. Uh, one more thing that we have to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, it's a little, it's a little bit of a downer. Uh, Cody Ware. Uh, he was out uh, of the Bristol Dirt race. He was dealing with a. It was announced uh, that he was dealing with a personal matter. Uh, he was replaced by Matt Crafton in the 51. Uh, it came out later. Uh, came out today that uh, Cody Ware has actually uh, had actually been arrested uh, for felony uh, for one charge of a felony assault uh, by strangulation and a misdemeanor uh, assault of a female. That's all the information we have on that. His bond was set at three thousand dollars. He is uh, currently not in jail, uh, but obviously we're uh, waiting on that. Uh, Rickware Racing said that they are uh, they're aware of it. Uh, he has been indefinitely uh, Cody Ware has been indefinitely suspended by NASCAR. Uh, Rickware Racing said that you know they're aware of NASCAR's decision and they support it, uh, and they will uh, wait for the due process to to take place for Cody Ware. Uh, we'll see how how things go on that. Uh, that's all the information we really have on on the subject right now, and that's that's all we'll we'll mention it. But you know, we we did have to mention it here just because you know, obviously, it affects uh, a, a major Cup Series team. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, Matt Crafton was able to replace Cody Ware uh, at Bristol Dirt, and you know, all in all, considering Matt Crafton had zero time in the next gen car uh did relatively well uh was able to get a top 30 out of it so pretty good for that team uh speaking of bristol dirt we're gonna go in one giant circle uh because we still have a little bit more uh this is the big uh the big kahuna if you will uh as far as bristol dirt is concerned 
Um, we have uh, <laughs> Peyton Lore commented. She said, I don't like that we're, we were led to believe that Cody was struggling with his mental health again. Uh, uh, he does have well-documented struggles in the millions uh, worried only for this to come out. Uh, poorly worded by NASCAR and Rick Ware Racing. Um, I didn't get that I impression think, that it was his I mental health. Either. They just said it was a personal matter. I yeah. don't, yeah, I don't think it was one of those where they necessarily, uh, you know, I think a lot of people on Twitter immediately kind of jumped to that conclusion. But I, yeah. I think, uh, you know, as far as, uh, as far as NASCAR and Rick Ware were concerned, I think they, they kept it pretty that it was just a personal matter, uh, you know, and then people just jumped, jumped to conclusions as they, you know, often do. Um, but and from my understanding, he wasn't arrested until today. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't arrested, and I think he, he's like I said, I think he's already been processed and he's already out. Uh, yeah, the last upgrade right I said was, was, um, was Bob Parker said that he was he was released earlier today. Um, yeah, a, a lot of people were worried about him in praying for. I was, I, I mean, uh, we posted on, on our running on scuffs page, uh, you know, our, our thoughts, uh, were with Cody Ware and in, in a personal matter. I mean, you know, I think, uh, I don't know anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think any of us really expected uh, anything like that. But you know, we, you know, we commented on it uh, as far when it first came out that you know we wish him all the best. And and truthfully, you know, regardless of of what happened, I still wish Cody wear the wear the best. I hope that he can get the help he needs, whatever you know, and and Uh you know, due process takes his time. I hope the you know the victims of, of this alleged crime you know get the help that they need. So. Um, we'll see, you know, obviously we're, we're just a, a simple motorsports podcast. We're not here to, we're not here to be the judge or the jury. We're, we're going to let the, the due process take its, take its toll here, uh, and go through its, its process. Um, but nonetheless, uh, getting back to Bristol dirt, we're going to talk a little bit, we're going to get a little bit more, more upbeat here talking about Bristol dirt. Um, this is the big kahuna as far as questions go uh, regarding Bristol dirt. Uh, and this is the one that we have asked uh, people asked before we went on dirt. And this is the one that people are going to continue to ask as long as we remain on Bristol dirt. Should we remain on Should NASCAR continue to run the Bristol dirt race uh, in the spring? And that's going to be the topic of our scuffed up segment uh, here tonight. So, uh, Zach, go ahead and hit us with that. Thank you. And uh, we're going to see a new contender step into the ring here tonight. We're going to have uh, Mr. Dan Foster. He's going to uh, he's going to step in, uh, and he's going to go up against our purveyor of DAF stats, Mr. Mike Daphner here. Uh, Zach, you and I, as always, we're going to be uh, we're going to be the judges here, and you in the comments, you guys can be judges as well. Uh, this is a big one. This is an argument that is that has been handed down for years now, uh, and we're going to, as long as Bristol Dirt remains, we're going to continue to have this argument. Um, it is time to get scuffed up, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I'm going to to hand it over uh, to you guys. Uh, Dan, I'm going to let you start first since you won our debate last week. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start with you. And I, all I'm going to say is this: Should NASCAR continue to run 
the Bristol Dirt Race, and I will give it to you. And when you're done, you can hand it over to Mike. Absolutely. They should keep it at Bristol on the dirt. If you watched the race yesterday, obviously you saw what an amazing race it was. Um, and and personally, whenever when they first brought Bristol to dirt and said, hey, we're going to try this, I was a little skeptical. I'm not going to lie. And, and honestly, up until um, yesterday, I w- really wasn't a huge fan of uh of bristol dirt until yesterday um i i I felt that with with the track prep that they put into it this year uh and the and the racing that they had yesterday uh with the with the three four wide going through the corners um i mean there really wasn't a designated best groove of the track um the last stage of that race to me was absolutely amazing uh the racing front to back side to side you couldn't get better than that um i know some people say oh well Take it to a track that's actually dirt, or NASCAR should be on dirt. Regardless, there's no other options. Um, there's not another dirt track in the in the nation that's going to be able to hold 36 cars, 40 cars even for uh, a race. There's not going to be a dirt track in the country that's going to have the seating capacity for the audience that the NASCAR Cup Series brings in. So the only option to remain on dirt would be to stay at Bristol. And honestly. I, I think it should stay at Bristol. Bristol should keep dirt. Um, there's there's really not uh, an, another option. I, I think, you know, to be able to say, hey, NASCAR has the most diverse schedule in, in all of motorsports across the board uh, between Europe, Asia, um, America. We obviously, NASCAR Cup Series has the most diverse with the fact that now we have street races with Chicago. Um, we have the road courses. We have the intermediates. We have the short tracks. We have the super speedways. And now we have a Bristol dirt race. I mean, you can't ask the best drivers in the world to to reign to crown a champion without putting them on the most difficult tracks and having the 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 biggest diversity across the board for for the schedule itself. So yes, absolutely, Bristol dirt should stay. Um, it, it it shouldn't be going anywhere. Personally, I don't know if we should be raising on Easter, but that's just me with religious beliefs and and personal opinions on holidays. But absolutely, Bristol dirt should stay on the schedule. I do not think it should be in the playoffs. I think it should stay where it's at. Spring early race, um, maybe kind of fidget around with the scheduling with with the with the weather and stuff like that. But absolutely, one hundred percent, without a shadow of a doubt, NASCAR stays on the dirt at Bristol. Mike, I know you're going to disagree, but I'm willing to listen to your argument, sir. What what say you? So first off, I will agree with you. It was a good race yesterday. It absolutely was. That doesn't, in my opinion, make up for the two for the first two races that were not that great. Um, as far as on your comment of there's not a track, a dirt track big enough, I have to go with uh, good old Eldora Speedway that the trucks used to run on right here in my home state of Ohio. It's a half mile track and holds thirty thousand people. Yeah, you probably would need to add some temporary seating to fit some more people in there, but I think that'd be a great al- alternative. It at the bottom of the, or at the end of the day, it pretty much goes back to what Papa Bell said earlier. Dirt races should be on dirt tracks. I don't, I don't want to see asphalt or dirt covered asphalt. Like to me, that's, that's not good. I'd, I'd rather see them go to like a, a dirt track, even if it's one that they've never been to, or if it's one, they even have to build somewhere. But I mean, that's really all I have to say on it. I'll hear your rebuttal on that. Uh, I mean, I, I think with when the trucks went to Eldora, um, obviously that first race was was a big event. 
but even the trucks at Eldora didn't draw the crowd and didn't have the seating capacity that they needed. Um, I think overall with, with the cup series, you're going to have to have much more seating than 30,000 people. Um, I think last night, Bob Proctor's estimated about, uh, I think 45 to 50,000 minimum uh, was the ones in the stands, not including those who were um, tailgating in the parking lot or there was, some, there was some in the garage or the not really garage area, but the infield area. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eldora doesn't really have the seating capacity. Uh, and I, I don't think overall you can really have a, a, a multi-series event there like you can with Bristol. That infield at Eldora is, is fairly small and is, it does not really have the uh, the setup or the ability to host a 40-car field even. Um, I, I think with the truck series, I think the most they ever ran there was like 27, 28 trucks, uh, maybe 32 at that. But I, I think overall, you know, Bristol's really the only option if you want to remain on dirt and be able to have NASCAR Cup Series on dirt series or on uh, dirt track. Obviously, with the the NASCAR deal that they have with all the tracks, you would have to give someone else a race if you're going to take that away from Bristol. Um, but I mean, who owns Eldora? Tony Stewart. So who? What? What? What other track is going to say, "Hey, I'll give up my dates so we can go to Eldora"? You're not going to get that. First of all, no one's no track's going to give it up. Um, but I mean, I think overall Bristol was the best option and, uh, obviously with the racing yesterday, it proved that it's the best track for that. Another fun debate. Let us know down in the comments, what you guys think, who you guys agree with. Uh, and to start off with our, uh, our opinions, uh, Zach, I'm going to start with you. Who do you agree with in this debate? I think both sides made pretty good arguments. Uh, who do you uh, who do you go with here? Uh, so I am definitely on the side of keeping it at Bristol, keeping the Bristol dirt race. I like I said before, I'm a big fan of it. I like the novelty idea of something different. Like Dan was talking about the street races in Chicago is going to be really cool. I like the just the different format, something different and cool, a change of pace. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a bit of a change of pace. Um, <clears throat> I will say, I think uh, you know, I, I'm also going to side with Dan here, Mike. I uh, I will say, you got me a lot closer to changing my mind than I thought you would on that. Uh, so I appreciate your argument uh, for for argument's sake there. Um, Mama Seeger, she's uh, she says uh, she thought it was the best dirt, dirt track race yet. Keep it at Bristol. I agree. Uh, it was by far the best dirt race we've had. Uh, certainly in this modern era uh, of racing, I got to say, I, I think, uh, you know, people talk about taking a concrete race away from Bristol. I know some of the drivers have talked about that. Some of the, the media members have talked about that, uh, that they don't want to take a concrete race away from Bristol because Bristol is such a good track. I get it, but let's be honest from a fan's perspective. I don't think we really have the right to say that anymore because look at how horribly the spring Bristol races were doing leading up uh, in, in ratings and attendance leading up to the, you know, to them introducing Bristol dirt. Um, I mean, I said in a group chat this weekend, I don't think Bristol needs two races on the schedule to be honest with you. I would say that I, I would say that if we don't do Bristol dirt, I would agree with you. I think all we need is the Bristol night race because I will say in, in a little personal story here, uh, you know, 
we went to the uh, my my family and I we went to the Bristol Dirt Race, uh, Br- sorry Bristol Night Race, uh, in 2018, and I mean Bristol was packed. I mean mm-hmm. there was I mean it full stands all the way around, and then we watched the uh, we watched the Spring Bristol Race in 2019, and Mama Seeger looks at me and she goes, "Is that the same track that we went to? Because like the stands were on were you know were there were sections of it that were empty." Um, I'm like you, Ryan. I I like uh, I love short track racing too, but I just think the fan base as a whole, like what for whatever reason, lost interest in the short track spring race at Bristol, and I think that they felt that there was something they needed to do with it. Uh, and I think obviously 2021 that was a dumpster fire of a dirt race, but that was them kind of getting their feet wet. 2022 was better, but still had some kinks to be worked out here in 2023. I thought it was great. Uh, I, I love the dirt race. It was, it, it was one of the, uh, it was one of the interesting things, Brian, I think you're, you're opening, uh, I was about to say, I think you're opening yeah. uh, Pandora's box there. If you're putting a dirt race in the playoff or in the playoffs, I will, uh, I will say this. I, I don't ever support. I don't think we need any more dirt races. I I think one a year is just fine. Um, I agree on that. I would never advocate for it in the playoffs. No, uh, ever. I don't. I don't no. think it should be in the playoffs. I no, like it. No, not wait, no, wait a second. I can see a situation. I mean, no, you've got we're, road we're not, course. You've got super speedway. You've got one. You got a cookie cutter. You got a short track. Let's throw a dirt in there. Dirt Why racing. not? Uh, yeah, let's, let's do that one at Eldora. Let's do the Eldora. Yeah, I'll course. I'll take that Eldora. Pl- no, God, you'd have to add <laughs> double the seating capacity of Eldora oh, yeah. for a playoff race. <laughs> but I've been to two NASCAR races in my life, and they've both been Bristol Night races. It's it's an amazing experience. I went back in 1999 to see. Uh, to see Dale Earnhardt Sr. give somebody the uh, I was try- just trying to rattle his cage. <laughs> yeah, it just the night races always seem to mean more. Uh, not that the, but I mean the spring race has always, up until I, I'd say maybe 2015 or so, uh, even the spring race seemed to have more, you know, more emphasis than it did, and I think. Uh, I think that's where it lost it was around that era. And I think NASCAR said, Hey, we can do something else. One thing I also want to point out, um, as far as like for, for those saying that a dirt track, you know, that Bristol should not be covered in dirt. Um, this was the first time that Bristol, you know, starting in 2021, this was the first time that NASCAR has, had bristol on dirt but it's not the first time that bristol has had dirt on it <laughs> uh they've they've done dirt events there uh since the early 2000s um so it, it's not anything that you know that's new for the track itself uh so you know for those nascar fans who are like you know we shouldn't be putting that on a you know on a dirt track you know or on a on a concrete or asphalt track it's not the first time uh that bristol's had dirt on it uh, Ryan says, just saying the Bristol night race is a bigger deal with it being in the playoffs. Now it is one of the, uh, you know, having it in the playoffs does make it bigger. Uh, but in 2018, when I went, you know, it wasn't in the playoffs yet. 
Uh, it was one of the last races leading up to it, and it's still the Bristol night race. There's just something about it, and it, I think you hit it, Ryan, in one of your previous comments about it being at night. Uh, you know, it's just it's at night, and the night race just seems to to mean more. And it's a classic. I mean, I think if you were, you know, you talk about the crown jewel events of NASCAR. Now that we don't have the Brickyard uh, on it, I think a lot of people would argue that you know Bristol, the Bristol Night Race should be a crown jewel event. But nonetheless, uh, it has been an iconic race. Uh, Mama Seager for saying that. Uh, yeah, it, it's always like you know, it, it's just like one step lower of being a crown jewel. And I think if if anybody were to say otherwise it's i i did see on twitter someone say uh asking if bristol dirt should be a crown jewel race and i was like oh god <laughs> no no <laughs> the bristol night race absolutely I that's think a, it should be that's another one of those pandora's boxes that we're not going to open up here but, yeah uh, nonetheless a uh, great debate between dan and mike congratulations to dan for for getting the win there uh, that's your win sticker, Dan. You've got a few of those now. You've got a, a few I, debate wins. This I need to figure out a way to put it at the bottom of the of the screen. Yeah, we gotta we like, gotta like get they, you. Like, I'll find a way to keep like a tally marker. Yeah, they put on the door rail of the model. drivers. So yeah. we got, I need I need those along the bottom of the of the screen. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we all wear hats. I got homework. Any, we all wear hats. Anytime any of us debate, yeah, like I just put them on. And, and I'm gonna say it. And I know it's gonna tick somebody off in the group. The good old Buckeye stickers on the side of the helmet. Oh gosh. Checkered flag stickers. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, no, we've got guys. before we uh before we hop off here, we've got to uh to preview uh our racing for uh we've got to preview our races. We've got three races coming up uh at Martinsville. All three series are going to be uh at the same track. We're gonna be at the paperclip, another short track. Yeah, buddy. We've had uh, we've had Richmond, we've had Bristol Dirt, and now we've got Martinsville. It's just been a short track uh, slew of events, and then uh, and then you guys know what track uh, track comes after the short track swing. <laughs> then you get to go to the monster of, of Talladega. So uh, we've got a, a fun uh, weekend of racing, another fun weekend of short track racing, uh, and it's time to get some picks. I hope you guys have been thinking thinking about this one. Uh, Cup, Xfinity, and Truck, and Dan, since you're our debate winner, uh, I'll let you go first with that. Uh, who do you have winning this weekend? Uh, all right. I'm I'm actually going to go with a sweep of Chevrolet. Um, in case you didn't know, I'm a Chevy guy. I like the bow ties. But I'm going to go with Mr. Melon Man himself, Ross Chastain, for the Truck Series win. Uh, he's going to be driving the 41, I believe it is, for Nice Motorsports. Um, and when he's in the trucks... Usually he's pretty competitive. I know uh, Kyle Busch is running, but I, th I think I think Ross might have him uh, for the trucks. Uh, for Xfinity, I'm going to go with a guy who has probably the most experience out of all the drivers uh, that are in this race, and that's going to be the one and only Justin Allgaier. Uh, I mean, the man's been driving Martinsville for, I feel like, 30 years now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like overall JR Motorsports is – obviously probably the top team in, in the Xfinity series right now. Um, and I, I feel like overall he'll be competitive for the cup series. I, I feel like a Hendrick driver is going to win it. I haven't quite got my finger on it yet, but I feel overall 
William Byron with the with the truck experience this past weekend, uh, and obviously he he ran fairly well um, there last year. So I'm going to pick William Byron to win the Cup race. Interesting picks. I think all three of those uh, could very well get it done. Uh, Mike, uh, you may not have won our our debate, but we're going to go to you next, sir. Uh, what what say you for our our picks for Martinsville? Well, first I want to acknowledge Ryan Hill's comment and say, "Io, buddy." Ohio. <laughs> but Ohio, for, Ohioans unite there. Yep. For the truck race, I've actually not gone with either of the uh, Cup Boys racing. I'm going with Zane Smith. It's kind of hard to go against him. I mean, he's raced there three times. He's got a win, two top fives, and three top tens. So, yeah, and I mean, average finish of 4.3 across three races, I'd say is pretty darn good. Um, for the Xfinity schedule, I've got Daniel Hemrick getting his first career win, uh, at Martinsville. So I think he's going to have a good showing, got an average finish of 6.8 there has always finished on the lead lap in the four races that he's been there and for the cup. And I hope it works for him this weekend. I've got Ryan Blaney winning the race. I mean, he's got a career average finish there of 9.7, which is 0.8 points or positions ahead of the next person, Denny Hamlin. And he's got eight top tens in 14 races. So, and he's only ever twice not been on the lead lap. So I think I got to go with him. Interesting picks. Uh, Ryan Hill, he's saying Ty Majeski, Sam Mayer, and Alex Bowman. Um, so almost a uh, full Chevy there, there, Dan, uh, but he thrown in time Jeske as well. Uh, Zach, what say you for your picks this weekend? Who's going to get it done in Martinsville? Uh, so trucks, actually, I agree with Mike on that. We were actually talking before the show a little bit and we were talking about how you can't really go against Zane Smith. We both agree on that. So I think Zane Smith's going to get it done in the trucks. Um, Brandon Jones in Xfinity. I think he's going to get it done out there. And then uh, Ryan Blaney. Same as Mike on that one as well. Um, I know Mike's got his stats and he's going off stats, but I just think Ryan Blaney's hungry. I think he wants it. And he's he's always up there and something goes wrong, but I think he's going to pull through and get it this week. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to say for, uh, for my picks this weekend, I'm going to say uh, I'm actually going to agree with Ryan uh, in the trucks. I think Ty Majeski, uh, he's a short track. He's a good short track guy. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I think he's going to be the bride this time. Ty Majeski gets it done uh, in Martinsville. Uh, Dan, you seem uh, you seem a little concerned about my sanity there after that one. Then. Well, I'm I'm we've had five people pick truck race winners, and I don't think anyone said Kyle Busch. No, I'm, I'm a little floored. I'm 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 a little floored. It's it's Kyle Busch in the truck series. How did no one pick Kyle Busch? It just Martinsville just seems to be one of the like I don't know Martinsville seems to be for me a track where you know Kyle Busch could get punted by you know by a hungry you know young truck driver I just don't know if I I, I just don't know if I trust it uh, you know but I, I like Ty Majeski uh, for Xfinity I'm actually going to agree with Zach uh, I think Brandon Jones he has had an awful start to the season. Uh, certainly by junior motorsports standards, but if there's any track that uh, he can turn it around at, it's Martinsville. Uh, it's by far one of his best tracks. 
Um, and I think that Brandon Jones can can finally turn his season around and get a get a win there. Um, as far as the cup goes, um, I'm only saying that because Zach Bell's not here. Uh, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. I think Denny gets it done. Toyota seems to be on a relatively strong roll, and uh, Denny Hamlin's always a, a threat at Martinsville, uh, as is Martin Truex Jr., but I think Denny Hamlin gets it done uh, this time. He should have won it uh, back in 2021, and uh, he didn't, so uh, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin this time. First off, Nobody picked Kyle Busch because I think it's just a little bit of hope that we're all tired of seeing him win. Uh, Dan's never tired of seeing a Chevy and, 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 and But also, really, Justin, we couldn't get through the segment without somebody picking Hamlin. <laughs> Not Denny. Anybody but Denny. <laughs> I agree with you. As a matter Ryan. of fact, if you go back to the, to the hot takes at the beginning of the season, I don't have Denny winning a race all year, so please not, Denny. Look, even, I your, get mom, even, even your mom, yeah. Justin. I get it. I get I, it. I, I want, I want so year. badly for that hot take to come through <laughs> because I caught so much crap from Zach Bell when I said it that I want to see Denny Hamlin not win a race just so I can rub it in his face. Phase. You got look, you guys wait. When Denny Hamlin wins this weekend, Zach and I are both gonna be coming for y'all. Oh god. I'm, I'm taking next I think week I off. Th- <laughs> I think I, I feel like I feel like I'm starting to get sick next Monday. Ugh. Already already getting sick. Yeah, I'll be getting I'll be getting messages 300 and 350 laps into the race when Denny Hamlin's leading, going, I'm just not really feeling too good. I don't know if I can make the show. Yeah, I, I think I'm getting food poisoning tomorrow after after work. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna go to that sketchy Chinese restaurant and have right. tomorrow. <laughs> oh well, we're we're certainly gonna see how these how these uh how these play out. Uh it's been a wonderful show. Uh before we go, uh you know, we talk about our race picks. Uh, we have our our fantasy live update. Uh, Dan, do you have that uh, that for us? I, I do, and I have to say, Justin, you actually made it look like we know what we're talking about last week. Um, you won with 211 points with Zach uh, Zach Bell right behind you at 202. Uh, our buddy Rob Rich uh, at 195, uh, my buddy Short Mac, and then I, I, I come in running out fifth, and then we got Mike and, and the other Zach there in sixth and seventh. I mean, all, all of us in the top ten showing contention. I mean, we might look like we're professionals at this point. Um, I think overall, and as far as the point standings, if you could pull that up for us, yeah, OTC and and um, Silver Lab Dad, which I, I know is my buddy or one of our buddies, Jordan Vlatch uh, from our other fantasy league. Um, I, st- I still don't know who OTC is. So if you're watching, let us know. Like I'm, I'm boggled. You're, you're sitting here with, uh, with the tie for the lead with a ten point uh, lead over the third, third place guy. So I mean, let us know who you are. But uh, out of, out of our group here that's on the show, um, Zach Williams there, he's in fourth place. Uh, Justin, Mike, me, and then Zach Bell I think is rounding out the top ten down there at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks like yeah, it. that's probably what it gets for picking uh, Denny Hamlin every week. But hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, make sure if if you're not signed up to play with us, look at look us up on there, right there, like it says on the screen, running on scuffs uh, on the NASCAR app or on the website, or you have the link there at the bottom of the screen. We enjoy playing, hanging out with you guys. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about the league, send them to uh, Zach Bell. Yeah, he's the one that set the yeah. league up and, and runs all that. So yeah, it's send them to him. Adam at Twitter. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just want to say that's two weeks in a row that a scuff has actually won 
won the week. You yeah. watchers got to step your game up here, man. Don't tell them that, Mike. We've already <laughs> lost six weeks in a row. We <laughs> lost the first six. Yeah. Let us have something. My gosh. Uh, no, yeah. We we always enjoy you guys uh, playing along with us. We love, uh, you know, we love having uh, some fun with you guys. Uh, be sure to make your picks. Uh, again, if you're, you know, if you have any questions about joining the league, just, you know, you can DM us on any of our, uh, uh, any of our socials. Uh, be sure to check out our website. You can always go to the website for the link to join. It's down there as well. Um, and yeah, we're, uh, that kind of brings us to the, uh, to the end of our show. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. We appreciate everybody watching. It's always fun, uh, to spend my, uh, my Monday nights with you gentlemen and, uh, and all of you watching. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, as you can see, scrolling across your screen, audio versions of the podcast are available, uh, on all the platforms you see below Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, Pandora, uh, and, and many more. So we appreciate everybody for, for tuning in iHeartRadio as well. Uh, so if you can't tune in live, be sure to, uh, to listen to us on the radio. Uh, I know I, I particularly like to, to play podcasts sometimes when I'm driving. So, uh, it's always fun. Uh, but we're always happy to have you, uh, continue to comment. Let us know, uh, your thoughts on Bristol dirt, your thoughts on, on Martinsville coming up and, and all the news that we talked about continue to give us your comments. Uh, we will, uh, do our best to, to respond as, uh, because we want to have the interaction with you guys. So, uh, we appreciate everybody watching. Uh, let's go ahead and get some closing remarks from everybody starting off with our producer, Zach, uh, you, what are your closing remarks? Uh, I just want to say thanks everybody for hanging out with us on another wonderful Monday night. I always have a good time hanging out with you guys, talking about some racing, uh, looking forward to this next week coming up in Martinsville. It's always good racing at Martinsville and I will see you fellas next week. Absolutely. Unless any Hamlin wins, right? Okay. Yeah. Unless any Hamlin wins, then, then I might be sick and we might skip the show. Okay. I'll uh, I'll be sure to get Zachary uh, Zachary Bell back here, so because it might just be he and I for for next week if Denny Hamlin wins. But uh, our resident Florida man Dan Foster, what what say you uh, about for your closing remarks here? Uh, first and foremost, our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Justin Owen. Um, in case you didn't know, he's a USAC driver who passed away uh, from his injuries from a, a on-track incident earlier this past week. Um, so, again, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family, um, or his family mainly. And uh, that, you know, the the racing community, it's it, it is a family. Um, even if it's not uh, the the local short track that you go to or uh, the NASCAR Cup Series itself. Um, racing is a family um no matter if it's drag racing road, road racing or you know dirt track or whatever um so obviously you know whenever there's a situation like this where someone unfortunately loses their life you know that it, it kind of makes you think of the, the dangers of the inherent dangers of of racing so um again thoughts and prayers to his family uh but obviously you know we we, we do this every week guys and uh, i enjoy seeing y'all smiling faces um I, I'm a little upset that Zach Bell hasn't joined us the past two weeks. Um, I feel like he's avoiding us for some reason. I don't. I don't know. I think but, I might have um, upset him a little bit. <laughs> you know, we we who knows. But uh, as always, I enjoyed having fun with you guys, hanging out. 
um, the, the, the viewers, if y'all have any questions or, you know, have any comments, definitely send us, uh, send us some comments, uh, underneath the video, or if you want to add us on Twitter, um, I know my Twitter handle, Zach's Twitter handle, Justin's Twitter handle is there. Um, I don't, I don't even know if Mike has Twitter. I, 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 I never see him on there, <laughs> but uh, I, I do, but I am not in any way, shape <laughs> or form active on it. I, I literally use it to get news every once in a blue moon and that's about it. But uh, no, definitely uh, tune in again again next week, and we'll be talking about some Martinsville racing. Uh, obviously, we won't see the 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 Melon Man move like we did last year, but uh, um, yeah, tune in again, and we'll we'll uh, have another glorious and fun hour and a half next Monday night at nine Eastern. Yeah, we have a uh, we have another uh, great show coming up for you guys next week. Uh, we, we look forward to it. Uh, as I do want to comment, like you said, Dan, obviously our thoughts and prayers are, are with Justin Owen and his family. Um, you know, obviously that's a, a, a tough incident to have to go through for any, any racer uh, and, and the racing community as a whole. So, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are, are with him, but uh, Mike, uh, what say you to, to close us out here, sir? Always fun hanging out with you folks. Want to thank my parents for, I'll, I'll, I'll pull the, the, uh, good old Zach bell and thank my parents for always in su supporting my insanity and love of NASCAR. Um, thoughts and prayers to Justin Owens, family and friends. I mean that it's just terrible. He's from my home state of Ohio. So it's a little bit closer to home, but yeah, looking forward to Martinsville as always praise hail praise Dale. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to Martinsville. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate everybody who uh, supports us, uh, you know, behind the scenes uh, and even on air. Uh, it's a joy and a pleasure every weekend to get on and talk NASCAR with each and every one of you. And we wish all of you a safe and prosperous week. And uh, we'll see you guys next week to talk about Martinsville. See you guys. <laughs>